Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, welcome in. Garden Report, stole first one. one, first of 72. 72 they and 0. One. They stole 72 one. 72 and 0. And don't act like you guys didn't cringe when you saw that ball going towards the backboard like that. Don't don't tell me you guys saw that going in, that Tatum shot. It was a terrible shot. Everything was – that was – it's hard to know how to feel about this game. There's, what a roller coaster. I mean, you I know. I feel like this is going to be like a, the, the norm. Yeah. It, by the time you get to the second quarter, where the first quarter is like, oh, God, this doesn't – I don't know how long they're going to be able to do this. Then you get to the second quarter and you're like, wow, nice little run. Third quarter – Boom! Drop the drop the hammer. Get to the get to the fourth your seventeen point lead, and then it was boom, 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 and just like that, it was just like we're back in the playoffs, right? <laughs> Same exact oh. vibe. It was like, oh no, they did it again. Fourth quarter lead blown. Everyone just saw the end of the game. If you're joining us for sure, um, again, Tatum hits a ridiculous shot. He probably shouldn't have hit. Um, probably lucky as hell. An absolute garbage awful non-foul uh called and Giannis gets two free throws and he absolutely ganks the second and the Celtics hang on to win 122-121 so again we're talking about it moments prior to jumping on live here we don't know what to think or feel you have to feel really good because after those two preseason games this was way better no matter how the game ended up than anything you saw but again Wow, down the stretch there, just absolutely blowing that lead. And then the PTSD of getting the same vibe that we had watching this team last year uh, and the lead going away and just the offense stagnating and just, you know, easy buckets, free throws on the other side. And it just felt it felt awful. And luckily they escaped. This yeah, felt, buddy. like you said, this felt like a bubble game a little bit with the Celtics, you know, showing up and then slowly we're like, here we go, the the daunting fourth quarter is upon us here. And sure enough, 13, 11, 9, 7, 5, 3. And like, oh boy, here we go. I'll be honest. I want to say this. I never would have thought that Jason Tatum's shot had a prayer of going in if Joe Sway didn't ruin it for me. Because for the people <laughs> for the people watching or listening, we're all, we all get on and start talking to each other with a couple minutes left. So we're on the same page. And Joe Sway has got himself, oh, I guess he's, he's ahead of the rest of the world. One of the best endings ever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And not only did he ruin the best ending, he ruined it twice because then he said game before yeah. Giannis missed a free throw. So all of these yeah, things I'm watching it, like five-second delay that Joe yeah. ruined for me. But He already knows what you're going to say next, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Look at and that. Good. And good. He's, He's gone. gone. You know and what? He knew Get that him was going to happen. And he knew that was going to happen. But listen, was it, luck- was it a lucky shot that, that Jason Tatum hit? Yeah, you could say that, but I want him taking the shot. And I, I, you know what? Shooters, shooters bounce, shooters roll, whatever you want to call it. You know, all star. Whoa, look at this. Okay, yeah, three, little three way here. I do that when there's Listen, three of us. A guy, a guy like Jason Tatum deserves to get a shot like that to fall here and there because that's just the type of player he is, the type of player he's going to be. 
and the type of player, honestly, the Celtics need him to be. They need him to take that shot and make that shot once in a while. Can't you can't depend on it? But when it goes in, it it it, it when it goes in, you absolutely take it. And that foul, I don't want to ramble too much here, but that foul that they called on Thompson, absolute garbage. The NBA needs to take that needs to deal with that immediately because you're throwing yeah. a prayer up at the rim. You're throwing a prayer up at the rim. Two big guys are going up for it. That's all that is. Like, there's no, like, egregious foul. There's no foul there. You know how they're going to deal with it? They're going to call it again in another game. <laughs> that, oh, I'm sure. I'm that's sure. Giannis. I mean, that's terrible, though, guys. That's a terrible call there. It was brutal. So, Thompson's right arm's on him a little bit, but nothing that I'd call but it. come on. That's My two basketball is- players playing. The you know? ball, the ball is tipped by the left hand, and whatever's going on with the right hand, he already had tipped it with the left hand there. And you got to make a team with 0.4 seconds do a little bit more than that to give them the chance to win at the line. But I said it to you guys right at the moment. We're talking about a 64% three-point shooter in crunch time in the playoffs last year. It's his biggest weakness as a player. You got to be able to close the game at the line, and he's still unable to do that. That is a humongous free throw to miss in that spot. And honestly, any other superstar in the league. Save for maybe LeBron James with his free throw concerns makes that. I don't want to get too sentimental here, but this this is a game that Tommy Heinsohn was absolutely watching and cheering on from start to finish. I can't help but think they had a little something to do with with Jason Tatum's shot going in. I can't help but think that he went a little berserk wherever he is right now. What is playing in the background? He went a little berserk right now. John's uh, playing some Christmas tunes. With that foul that was called, and I think he had something to do with Giannis maybe missing that free throw. Uh, so, you know, I saw the, the Tommy patch tonight in the jerseys that, you know, I'm sure will be hopefully uh, getting, you know, a lot of tributes, reminders about Tommy for the rest of the year. But it's a game that he can uh, be happy about. So Jason Tatum, you guys head on him. How about Jalen Brown tonight? Phenomenal showing. Oh, the way he was rattling down the twos was Kobe-esque. And there was a time where people used to joke about Jordan Brown. Is this an, <laughs> like in weird Celtics Twitter, not in any serious lane. But I, that's the kind of game he had tonight, just rattling down two after two after two off the dribble. And it was fitting because we had a guy here on CLNS Media, Jeff Goodman, say before the season that this guy can't create, he can't be a number two option. Well, guess what? Tonight he was a steady number one option for this team. And the dribble's tighter. He can create for himself clearly here. The playmaking is getting just a little bit better. You still see the shades of dishing to guys, running the pick and roll a little bit. He looks ready to take another leap. We'll see with Tatum. You know, Tonight was the kind of game that we saw last year from Tatum. I don't think there was a level above what we saw last year from him. But Brown, I have all the hope in the world for him this year. He just seems to get better every step of the way. And I said this to you guys last year. There's nights where he's the best player on the team. And that was pretty definitive tonight if you take this game start to finish. He was giving you those Chris Paul-esque pacing, run-breaking twos in that fourth quarter. Yeah, Josue, why don't you say something? Welcome hey, back. You guys got so mad hey, that man. you kicked me off the show. Did I hurt your feelings? Did I yeah. Your feelings? No, no, I didn't mean to ruin the, the we game. Mad. Ruined, Jimmy. You we were kick me mad. off the show. Yeah. You had to kick me off the show. But no, I was listening to Bobby. To, to Bobby's point, yeah, that's what Jalen Brown looked like in some parts of this game. But I think he's a that's that's a number two role right there for sure. Like that's what the number two does, right, guys? Like when the when the number one can't get it going or he's 
chucking up threes. The number two is going to keep you in the game. He's going to be consistent. That's, well, I they said it in the game here. Josue, I am interested because you're right. That would be that would make sense for a number two. And in fact, Middleton was carrying the Bucks when Giannis was a little bit quiet. Exactly, you which would actually played in, in Tatum's favor. Yeah, but it, it, what's interesting, they did mention in the broadcast, can they work not just Batman and Robin? Can they work as 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 two number ones interchangeably? You know, um, as opposed to. You know, I think they can, but I don't like when Tatum does that that kick out. You know, he kicks his leg out and just goes for the three. Yeah, there's times when you have to do that, and he's good enough to do it, and he's talented enough to knock down that shot. But I, I just thought he looked a little. He, he relied on it a little bit too much. I thought throughout the game tonight. There's a reason why he didn't get to the free throw line. You know, and you that know, that's the thing with Tatum is that has to change. There was one play in particular with less than two minutes to go, a very crucial part of the game. Where he took one of those threes, he missed it. Jalen came back on the other end, didn't think twice, went straight to the rack. That's the sort of attitude Tatum has to have. And until he gets that respect, or until he starts to to, to uh, approach the game, his offense, his his, his scoring that way, he's not going to get to the free throw line. The referees aren't going to just start giving him fouls. He has to earn it. He has to take some tough some tough uh, hits and accept it, and not look at the referee and put his hands up and ask for a foul. That's the best way you start to earn your your keep in, in the NBA, or at least. You, you earn uh, that level of respect where you get, you're constantly going to the free throw line night after night. I like it when he's a little bit more sudden, you know, like I think there's just times sometimes where Tatum is just kind of, you know, I, to me, he's hit his best when he's twitchy and decisive, you know, as opposed to that, wait for it, wait for it, setting right. the guy up for the step back. That's it's great when he's in the zone and he can go off at times. And when he does, it's unbelievable to watch, but when that's all he's doing and he has nights like this where the shot is off, that's just what you're going to get. You like to see him kind of feeling, reading the defense, getting a little twitchy, finding that moment where he's got a step, take it to the basket a little bit more strong. He didn't, he wasn't doing that consistently tonight. He didn't in the two preseason games. He wasn't, he wasn't doing it either. We mentioned it looked like he was having a tough time turning the corner on people. Maybe he's getting used to two inches and 10 extra pounds still. Uh, and it's still super, it's still super early, but he's still the same guy. I mean, he's doing what he's doing. It's just sometimes you're going to have nights like this where, you know, he just – it wasn't – he never got into a rhythm. Yeah, I like how you worded it. It certainly felt like when we were watching this team throughout the bubble where, where Tatum had a few of those games where we're like, whoa, like what's – you know, he just was sort of second-guessing himself. So yeah. I definitely saw some of that tonight. But, yeah, Jalen Brown, certainly a story or the second unit, or three-point shooting. I get the feeling, guys, and we can get more into this later, but I get the feeling this team is going to be – sort of reminded me of those old Brad Stevens teams where like they had to nail like three, like 17 three-pointers to knock off a, a top-notch team like the Warriors or at least stay in it. You know, I think this team is going to rely heavily on three-point shooting from that bench or at least from guys like Shemi who could come in and, and knock back-to-back threes. I mean, I don't know if you can rely on that every single night, but whether it's Shemi, whether it's Grant, you know, these guys have to sort of take turns and – and, and step up here, but that three-point shooting certainly kept them in it. What a funny game, too. Okay? Getting those threes to fall in the first half, this game would have been over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, start to finish, it, like just things you could never imagine. The semi stretch, the two big starting, which John actually threw out there. I kind of brushed that off because Brad brushed that off in pressers during training camp, and all of a sudden they're starting this game. They start the year, two centers on the court. Pretty stunning way to start this, and they look good. Two bigs crashing the boards. You got killed in transition a little bit off that, but what a crafty, uh, unexpected move from Brad. I don't there. know how crafty it's it was. not that unexpected. I said it, it, I it, also said it wasn't like a back- month ago. Yeah, as soon as they signed, you don't see many teams Bobby. that play like that. 
You but did, Bobby, but it also they, wasn't that crafty because the first quarter was their worst quarter until the fourth there, you know, when they gave up that lead. But the first quarter, they were getting – I mean, Milwaukee almost put a 40 spot on them. They, luckily, they stalled at 34 there with a, with a couple minutes to go. But, I mean, they were at almost they – were, they were at 25 points with, like, halfway through the quarter. They were killing that unit. Yeah, know, especially in transition. Holy wow. Defensively, the transition was rough. But you get that yourself – awful. You got yourself off to a – pretty good uh, offensive end uh, of things with rhythm wise, you know, Tice was actually sparing out the four. Well, hitting two of his first three threes out there. Yeah. Uh, you got some rhythm shots for the Jays to start the game. And then yeah, I, I felt like the rotations uh, spread out pretty well from there. I know J- Jimmy's made some pitches for Jeff Teague to start. Other people have done that. Well, he, he, looks, he looks good in rotation. And the then, you know, lineup was pretty interesting. Yeah. Thompson, yeah. Thompson out. So, like, this is the thing. It doesn't really matter who you started, but who they started put themselves in pretty good rotations for the rest of the night. That's fine. But, again, the closing lineup was interesting there where you had Teague, um, you know, in late. You had uh, – and Thompson came back came back in, but he was out for a little bit. He came in for defense. Oh, that's, that center duo is so great. Like, they're just Isn't loaded in the center of the chair. Yeah. Oh, did like, you just they, say that? They just have great options there. Like they have, a, all of a sudden, you're not leaning on Tice to be standing in there with four fouls ready to fall, fall apart at the end there. Like they have a great situation at center this year. I mean, let's not say great. Let's say yeah, better. I don't know if I'd say great. Let's say better. <laughs> I yeah, thought they got excellent play from their centers they tonight. They did, but I mean, let's not call this great. It's, it's these aren't great centers. Well, what, what, what do you want, Carl, Carl Towns and Davis as your starter and backup? Like, come let's on, call yeah, what they are. are. We're we're talking relative to the league. They're pretty good centers. It's a great duo. It's an upgrade, absolutely. And the and the and the reason why John and I I probably brought this up immediately when they when they signed Thompson was listen they can actually kind of go big now, right? And that was one of their biggest issues was that they like playing small is one thing, but being undersized is another, right? There's there's a difference there. You're either you you can play small ball and and that's kind of where the league trends. But you don't want to be overmatched and out and over and overpowered and undersized out there on the court. So, I think when they go with Thompson and Tyson there at the same time, they're now at a point where they can actually play bigger, right? Because now you're moving, sliding everybody down. I did like the idea of Teague in the starting lineup, only because I thought Marcus Smart would get in the way and and shoot himself almost out of the lineup. But when Marcus Smart goes over three, I mean that's the most stunning stat line of the night by far. I mean, he, that, that he, that he only took three shots. Well, you know he, I mean? like, he, ate, he ate the Drew holiday defense all night long. So right. That was huge. Right. But, but you know what? Good on him for not forcing yes. shots yeah. with, with the premier defender. Good on him because that allowed a guy like, a guy like Brown to, to, you know, to look like Kobe in the mid range. And it allowed Jason Tatum to take that shot at the end of the game. <laughs> it allowed Jeff Teague to score 19 off the bench. Like, that's team basketball. So, like, if you guys are all on the same page, like, like they are, and you know, willing to, you know, do what's best for the team on any given night, then yeah, this team has a prayer. This team also has a smart chance. did it, Jimmy. Smart did it um, in, in those three shots in thirty-eight, almost thirty-nine minutes tonight. He's the team leader in minutes, and you saw yeah. early in that fourth. When the game was getting away, Brad immediately uh, uh, changed up the lineup. He didn't didn't like what he had. Brought Smart back in there. Brought, brought yeah. Thompson back in there because that he was afraid it was going to get away. And it actually it did regardless. But uh, again, Smart was out there for 38 minutes. Only took three shots, which is amazing because not only 
what we saw late last year, what we thought was going to happen with Kemba and Gordon not being around. Gordon obviously gone and Kemba out until who knows when. Uh, we thought he had to be the third option on offense. He wasn't. It was Teague. Right. Teague clearly was- right now is the third option on offense. Well, I think a lot of us, we, we thought that because of what we saw throughout the bubble, right? I mean, I, I think we knew we prefer to see Teague had that high volume action where he sort of, you know, Marcus sort of takes shots here and there. But because Teague wasn't around last year during the bubble when Kemba was hurt, even though Kemba was uh, healthy enough to take the floor, Smart still took it upon himself to, to go nuts. Um, I, I'm still, I don't know. It's still early. I, I Maybe the press conference he had yesterday where that the, the the focal point of his shot selection, maybe he just wants that narrative to sort of fade away. Um, but I, I do think that he's uh, he's capable to do a little bit of both. I think it's a good it's going to be a learning experience for Marcus Smart. I think what he was trying to convey throughout that throughout that press conference when it came to his outside touch is that, look, if I have an open shot, I'm going to take it. Like, don't dog me now. Don't make it sound like I'm the worst three point shooter of all time. Like, don't say altogether, oh, Marcus Smart needs to stop shooting, period. I said, well, wait a minute. Maybe I need to take stop taking bad shots, and maybe I get in the habit of doing that at times. But don't tell me I need to stop shooting threes altogether. No, I don't think what anybody's saying that. Everyone's Marcus Smart. I think he did defensive last night or, or yesterday during the day. You don't think? I think maybe he did. He I think that Corrales a bit when he asked that question, and he just said, "Because I'm a great shooter." Yeah, you know, was a, oh, he was clearly defensive about that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, He's th- defensive about it. Deservedly so, and Brad has said this, and it's true. He has hit ginormous shots in game after game after game out of being fearless, and that's how he's molded himself into being a steady three-point shooter. So you can't, like, we hound Ben Simmons all day for not avoiding it and not being willing to take it. I'd rather have the other end of the spectrum. Now, you like to have a fine balance, especially on a night like this, given this matchup, what he drew from Drew Holiday, the position he needed to be in as a playmaker. But there's other nights where it will probably call for him to take a high level of shots. Now, Jeff Teague being here is interesting because he does pull smart off the ball more when they're on the court together. He's a pull-up guy. His pull-up on the step-back threes where he hit two in a row was outstanding. Standing. Those are my favorite pull-ups of the night outside of Brown's uh, pull-up twos. So all of a sudden, you have a guy who can initiate offense alongside him and let Smart play that off-the-ball role if you have two guards out there. Teague, I, I don't know, was Jimmy pumping him up most out of all of the us? Like, he opens up so many possibilities for this team. Jimmy and I were, yep. Jimmy and I were both fans. Scoring. Bobby, you need to holds his own defensively. Apologize for what? I mean, I didn't I'll say it was Carolina. I just didn't expect him to have much left. There there was no doubt. He's washed, I believe you call him. I think he exactly, Jose. Good memory. That was one of the words he used. We'll wait. We'll wait. I'm going to put you full screen for the apology. I don't think I ever said that word. (laughs) We'll run it back. (laughs) It was was a free signing. It was a guy who shot 42% last year and had a high turnover rate. If he's back, if he's refreshed, if he did something over the offseason, then fantastic. And- We're going to have the apology cam. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know what- I love that. Apology cam. I want some post-production on that, too. I'll be doing it all season long because I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> hey, we'll do a trade when you finally acknowledge the great center rotation. We'll It'll be like a hostage when trade. When we talk about Miles Turner's eight blocks tonight, yeah, let's do that, too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Is that really fact? Right. Oh, man. Eight blocks. We won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just saw a stat on the old Twitter. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the first Celtics teammates to each score 30-plus points in a season opener in franchise history. Look at that for you, Tommy. 
pretty pretty cool franchise to uh, make that. Uh, That's pretty amazing, first, actually. To be the first in, yeah. So how did they how did they drop one twenty two on the Bucks after the offense that we watched here? Uh, for the entire preseason. That's what I want to know is like you get the 30 and 30 from the top two guys, which seems like something you've got to have those guys. Yeah. I, think I mean, in, and again, in, in some combination you need like Tatum wasn't 50, efficient, 60. but these guys have to be pumping in between 50 and 55 points a night. Yeah. yeah. They're half, they have to be half your offense, but it was just interesting where you got it from everywhere else. And again, without anything from Marcus, you got Teague, you got Thompson chipping in, you have o the Ojale, the best 90 seconds of Ojale's career. Um, <laughs> you know, did, he, did he finish? Brutal, it? He was man. team high plus twenty two, right? Or plus? Dude, he was plus thirteen in six minutes, seconds after I dogged him on a text saying, "Thank yeah. God we haven't seen Semi." He comes in and just, right in. just the lights went on and the whole game turned around. Yeah, yeah, our audience went. <laughs> after our six weeks of Hayward wore off, Semi started catching the uh, flack from the commenters here and. Imagine that he comes out and has that unbelievable stretch. The reason he's on this team is two. You know, it was a trade piece, obviously, some salary in case or body in case they have a trade situation, but also a capable defender. And we talked about this. Everybody on the team can step in, defend. I like this closeouts tonight. I like this fronting. And I'm going to go back to the center and the defense situation overall. They didn't start the night great defensively, as you mentioned, John. But as they got in, the switches were sharp. They drew four charges on Giannis. And that was great switching from Smart and Tristan out there. I think Smart drew three of them. Uh, maybe all four. So all all around. Yeah, had, had eleven fouls thing. tonight, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So like the, the defense, the defense got sharper as the night went on. They got great personnel on that end. That's another reason I like T too. Game saving chase down steal at the end of the game off Divincenzo. Dude's a Everybody pro. Right. Team defense. Guy's a pro. I mean, he just he, no turnovers tonight either. So yes, so yes. How do you score one twenty two? Three turnovers through the first three and a half quarters of this game. I don't know with how many how many they ended with, but ball control. It's a Steven yeah. staple. It was our biggest concern coming into the year. And at the end of the night, they only finished with seven turnovers, most of those in garbage time. I'm telling you guys, it reminds me of those first few years, man, where it was like, all right, if we're going to be, if we're going to uh, see the Celtics pull an upset against a top notch team, it was going to be like 17 threes or in and, and, and 27. Uh, or 29 assists and anywhere close to 50%. Like, that was sort of the formula. Sure, but the Milwaukee shot 52% for the – 51% for the game, too, you know? Right. So, I you mean – That would be enough to close out the Celtics, but it wasn't. I mean, obviously, yeah. that shot from Tatum and was – And they were they were 40% from, from three. The Celtics were 45% from three, 18 for 40. So, a lot of that stuff happened late. Celtics only got to the line 11 times, Milwaukee 18. So, you know, it was one of those – it was – Again, it was they 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 shot pretty well, but you're right. I mean, if this was one of those nothing is going in games from three, it could have been a twenty point loss. You're right. Right, and I think it defensively is, it was huge too. I mean, what four charges on Giannis? Like, what other team does that? We've seen that before. Three of them on Arkin with the Grant at the last. I one. think every team does it. It's just how many refs call it. Yeah, the guy charges on every. The guy charges on every possession, yeah. but he gets the benefit of the. Marcus is obviously, you know, number one when, when it comes to that. But also Grant Williams, man, that was a huge that was a huge play Put on the bench. I think the league will send a uh, stern reminder out to the officials. Uh, hey, just by the way, Giannis is a superstar, so like lay off on the charge calls. 
you know, just, right. just a little reminder. Just looking at the Bucks, like um, just looking at their stats. I mean, Giannis thirteen for twenty six, Middleton ten for twenty, Holiday ten for sixteen, Divincenzo six for eleven. I mean, Lopez three for four. I mean, all these guys shot like we just talked about. I mean, they shot so efficiently and just so great. So it is strange to see. I guess when you look at just that, it's it, you would think the Celtics would lose, right? When you when you look at that, but they got pretty pretty little bench production tonight. And I don't know if that's something that if you're the Bucks or a Bucks fan that you're thinking about going forward. Obviously, it's still early, but um, you know you could you could argue that the difference was maybe the benches tonight. If if you know you want to throw Teague but in there, if as, you as look at maker. the bench there, you look at what Milwaukee has coming off of it. That shouldn't be close. No, I, I never, I never liked their group, and this was my issue with them last year. Unit number wise, aggregate throughout the season, all those lineups look nice for them. But what are we talking about here? Like Connaughton's not a great shooter, good rebound. You're looking about Connaughton and Connaughton and uh, and and the Dante, Dante Divincenzo just getting pretty good. He gives you a few Divincenzo, I guess Portis, like you know, but he started. Divincenzo Lopez started. Starter. Yeah, I was surprised. Downturn. I don't love their depth. I never have. Uh, yeah. Like it's kind of a lot of overrated depth pieces there to me individually. Now they come together. The coach brings it all together. They run a drop system that's uh, excellent defensively. Usually, unless you're running up against a shooting effort like this, that's something you have to consider too for the Celtics tonight. Is they're going against a team that drops back on the threes the way that Philadelphia did last year. Uh, so you get some extra space on those. They're daring you to shoot almost, and that's why Brown gets all those looks in between too. So a conducive effort to what the Celtics want to do uh, offensively. Pull up, pull up, pull up. Now, is that going to work against other offenses? Is that going to be a consistent offensive engine for your team? We talked about shot selection a ton coming into this year. I thought it was okay at times tonight. I thought it was early in the shot clock. Daniel Tyson crunch time, shooting a kick out three that bricked. Some of the similar problems we saw last year and in recent years with this team in terms of shot selection, uh, finding the right guy in the right moment. And Using your clock, it was excellent at times. Other times, you were just throwing up prayers, and ultimately, your game kind of ended. Your win kind of ended on a prayer there from Tatum at the end. Excellent players capable of doing that, but this was a case tonight. The Celtics uh, just nailing pull-up shots and that driving you to victory, and that's that might not be uh, sustainable. We saw other moments where the offense rode some great passing and all that stuff, but it felt more like pull-up tonight, didn't it? Yeah, let's check out that. Let's check out the, uh, the the last play here. Here we go, Tatum. Giannis switches on to him. What? Tatum and Anna Kumpo, the superstar. Step back three on the way. Oh, it banks in. Jason Tatum puts Boston on top. Couldn't even believe it. This is that Paul Pierce face. That's a Paul face. Stone cold. He expected to hit that. Giannis and Boston by two with point four seconds remaining. Turn into Listen, that, that's, that's a big boy shot the right there. On the Bucks. That, that's a with the shot banners there. in the back, I like it. Watch. You're Tatum, like I know, but like, wow, you know, I mean, <laughs> is that the biggest shot of his career? Probably, right? I don't know. Well, the I one mean, that uh, when, he, when he slapped Pierce's hand, I guess there was still some time on the clock, but technically that was sort of a game winner. Yeah, he's piling up the game winners now. You can't. You love know, the spot. You love to step back. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. 
You oh, just okay. kept so you're just, choose, you're just choosing <laughs> to talk. As long as you can hear me, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure. What I Go was ahead, saying Jim. was that regardless of the fact that it went off the backboard and was a wild shot, like like the swagger factor, that if you're if you know game one of the season, Tatum's gonna, you know, that's that's the type of shot that leads sports center. You know what I mean? Like that's how you set the tone for the season. You don't if for the Celtics, you lose this game, you start the season blowing a 17 point lean, I think it was, and whatever it was. I mean, that is so shitty. I mean, the fact that they won this game, whether yeah. or not you think they earned it or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, they they won the game, their star player hit the shot. And they're puffing their chest out, leaving the leaving the TD Garden tonight. You know, feeling good about themselves, starting the season one and zero in a game that they were listen. They were underdogs. You know, uh, people didn't think they were going to win this game. I don't think any of us really thought that they were going to win this game. Um, and you know, until it started, and we said, okay, these guys are are, are looking good today, and, and they can compete. But you know, good on good on Tatum, and good on the Celtics for you know seeing it through. You know, because in the playoffs, what happened? They didn't see it through. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't hit that shot. They didn't come back and win in the end. They blew the lead and they lost the game. So you know this is different. I'm not saying this is how it's going to go every single game, but I mean at least they pulled this one off. And we can talk yeah. about them blowing the lead if you want. But I mean it's the NBA. You, you're not going to catch up. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's going to happen. This this yeah. team's going to blow yeah. a lot of leads. But it's just the they way are. they weathered the storm that's going to make the difference. Let's get into a couple other small just things that we saw yeah. throughout the night. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. Well, one thing I want to make sure we talk about is we just talked about like the Bucks bench, but we should talk about the Celtics bench and the fact that our boy Neesmith didn't touch the floor tonight. That's I mean, where that, I'm going that, right now. So it is okay. interesting. Uh, Pritch- we did see Pritchard um, earlier than I expected. Um, and, eh, you know, fine. Didn't embarrass himself, but you, you saw he started the fourth quarter there. On Giannis? Jeez, Louise. You saw him start the fourth quarter there. They got oh, him yeah. out quick. Um, but you know, again, what do you, what do you need from him? You need a few minutes a game. Um, so it doesn't all fall on Teague and smart to be playing, you know, massive minutes. Be nice to get him 10, 12 minutes a game. And then Kemba comes back and he's, He's a, he's the fourteenth man, and he's just sitting. He'd be a G leaguer otherwise, which is fine. He's um, learning. So yeah. you got well, something out of that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I maybe mean, that's the lowest. We're so conditioned to feel that way about first round picks, but like maybe he can actually crack the rotation. Yeah, if, most if most picks do. pick that late in the draft are G leaguers. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's some 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 stick on rosters, but I mean, you're not really playing. You don't expect contributions, but. Um, uh, Neesmith, we were talking about whether we'd see him at all. And again, Bobby wrote about it for CLNSmedia.com. Um, it's up on the site right now. Uh, uh, that Brad's been talking about kind of slow playing, uh, uh, whether or not he's going to play. It's not our sponsor. All right. No, no, I sponsor. I need the legends read again, Bobby. Can you, you guys all do it? Bobby, Josue, are you wearing it again? He is. No, man. You are? I am. Don't you, uh, just like, you, like, don't you give us a little. Do it. Can we get the logo at least? Give us your experience. You want, yeah. you want to get your fresh athletic apparel? Head to thelegendbrand.com. The there you go. You got some copy here. Thelegendbrand.com slash Horford. Make sure you use the code Horford20, all caps. You get 20% off. And, guys, they mail. They, you could you could probably get at least get it by just on right before Christmas or maybe the day after. But either way, they're pretty quick. A couple of days. Uh, they mail it right to you. Best hoodies. I got a pair of socks as well. Sweatpants. Ooh. You name it. I got everything almost except for the shorts. I figure I wait for the summer. Right. But right. I'm, I'm a huge, uh, huge sweatpants guy, hoodie guy during this time of year. And socks. Uh, I love it. 
Great to rock out. During this uh, entire year, has Bruno, anybody worn pants at Button? It's been a while, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, haven't, I have a reason question? to. I haven't had a yeah. reason to. Can I, can I ask a question? Why is, yeah. isn't the legends? Why isn't they? Why am I'll sell the shit out of their sweatshirt if they send me a sweatshirt. But I mean, they're sending them because, all to Joe but, Sway because, apparently. Because Nick and Joe Sway hoard all the swag. <laughs> Jimmy, oh. you're next. You're next on the list. Unbelievable! I'm sitting. I'm sitting here wearing a flannel from you know six years ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, high end apparel. Legendsbrand.com. Yeah, high end apparel. Flash Horford. Much cheaper than you're going to get some of you the other stuff. You need it for winter workouts too. And 20% off. It's actually a really good deal. You're, you're already paying 25, 30 less than you would for an equal quality sweat plus 20% off. If you use the code whore for 20, it actually is a really good deal. So do it. Um, this is a Hawthorne hoodie guys. Yeah. Hawthorne, Hawthorne hoodie. hoodie. Let's get into our man. Uh, Neesmith did not, didn't, didn't sniff the floor. Are you guys surprised? No. You know why? Because for someone like Shemi, who's been trying to stay on the floor or earn his keep, he played well. He, he got his name. His name was called. He came in. He did his job. And I think Brad was just sort of rewarding the guy. Why not? You don't have to throw the rookie in there his very first game. We know the circumstances that they're in. We know that he has a lot of catching up to do. I liked it. I, I thought that, you know, if Shemi played like crap for two minutes, sure, throw him in there. But he didn't. So I, I like the decision from Brad. Okay. Defense. On, <laughs> I think it's defense. If yeah. you're on the wing, you had to defend Giannis tonight. Is Neesmith ready for Giannis? Probably not, but we've talked about this at length. <laughs> conditioning, defense, play call. So many things have been mentioned about him, and vaguely Pritchard too, but Pritchard has gotten minutes here, so you would think that those things for Neesmith have been a bigger issue than Pritchard. Two different positions too, two different areas of need. They feel better about their wings, and they're getting bigger minutes out of their wings in total, uh, but it definitely feels like Neesmith's a little bit behind uh, after his off season after the lack of game experience that he had and the yeah. injury they had in January. So he's behind. There's nothing wrong with that. He's in a unique position and he looked good in the preseason in a spot minute. So it'll come. There'll be matchups. There'll be uh, situations, injuries, all those different things throughout the year. And he'll probably be ready when they, when the time comes. I don't know. It's again, <laughs> you want to see something out of him, and it could just be the game. You're right. Based on the lineup they started, they were thinking more defense, um, they were worried about it for sure. Um, so I'm not stunned he didn't play, but I do. I, I want to see him start working his way into that rotation. I certainly want to see hit, him getting minutes over semi, even if it's not now. You want to see it sooner rather than later. And Bobby, that's kind of what you wrote about is he may just kind of be forced into action because you're going to need the offense, I think. Um, uh, you know, whenever, and, and, whenever things start going wrong, you can just imagine him being the plan. Right. Exactly. If they couldn't get anything going, right. But then the offense did get going, so you didn't need it tonight. So it makes sense he didn't play here. Yeah, and he didn't play a lot in the preseason, so it was a continuation as we saw that. Javante Green absent as well. Uh, that development just went <laughs> went by the way. So, again, mashups. I told you, Bobby. He was just a body. That's the only reason and why that was there. another. Yeah, we were trying to figure out if there was anything reading into him starting, and the answer is no. I'll, I'll apologize to you for that one. <laughs> yeah. False alarm. Hey, we got Brad here talking after the game. We're going to listen to this on uh, Jason Tatum uh, and his uh, performance. Tatum's a good offensive player. You can get his shot up. Um, it was a well-challenged shot. It was a well-defended shot. We, you know, I guess we were lucky it went in, but um, it was a great game that presented a lot of 
um, situations and things that NBA basketball with, you know, when you're playing against a good opponent provides. Well, there you go, Brad. I like Jason, Tatum, Jason Tatum is good. He didn't give him a, a whole <laughs> yeah. bunch of props for that shot. I like it. Good job, Coach. Yeah. We'll hear from Tatum. I want to hear about that last Bella shot, Czechian. too. You always wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brad hasn't been high on this team. <laughs> he's he's been he's been rough on them for two weeks going now, and we saw why in the preseason, and we might see why again on Friday. That monster yeah. team in Brooklyn's rolling through again, so it doesn't get yep, any Friday. easier from here. They had a rough one. Right. Uh, they had a rough finish here tonight that they held on through. I thought a ton of admirable uh, takeaways from this one. Progress, uh, guys, you can lean on. It, all we had so many question marks coming in this year, and I think a. You know, a handful of guys passed their tests uh, for their roles that they weren't used to tonight. So uh, that, it's all positives. And what we what we see here is what we uh, wanted to see from this team. Can they survive? Can they ride through tough waves? Can they just pull out wins where maybe they didn't deserve to get get one? That's going to be key to surviving this stretch without Kemba. Well, and Thompson coming back earlier is great too. Let's talk about him, okay? What did we think? What do we what do we like from Thompson today? I mean, again. Uh -huh. Certainly almost everything that you said, right? Energy, aggressive, offensive rebounds, fighting yep. on defense, physical. He's Jump an imperfect up. player, but he does. I do think the the Marcus Smart big man comparisons are apt for, for him. Um, yeah. He's just scrapping the whole time, you know, and, and you need that. Yeah, especially at the end of the games. And I thought that Giannis got away with one on that one. But that anyway, was a great the, basketball gods, the basketball gods made sure he didn't get that second free throw, so it, it worked his way out. It worked itself out, I should say. But Tristan yeah. Thompson's going to be that guy at the at the end of games that you need to step up. And in those offensive rebounds, that was the first thing I thought of when the Celtics said when it was announced that they were, he was signing signing with Boston because well, that goes a long way. The Celtics never had someone like that. Well, Cantor gave if Cantor did anything well, it was offensive rebounding. So let's give the guy some some credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he true. had the best season ever for the Celtics in that regard. That, that he was an absolute. <laughs> he's ever. uncanny at that. It's I, I I don't know how you can jump three inches off the ground and get as many offensive rebounds as Cantor does, but he is amazing at it. But now his putback efficiency wasn't great, the but the defense is terrible. And, and yeah. his offensive moves, he gets his shot off. I mean, I, I, I'll miss Ennis Cantor for what he did. You almost wish you could combine some elements, that offensive game that he gets the ball down low and able to finish well with, uh, with Thompson's physicality and energy there on defense. It's, it's a huge, you know, yeah. that's, that's what you got him in for. You know what's going to be fun? Uh, Philly, you know, Joel Embiid, uh, Miami, Bam Adebayo. You know? He's still undersized against a guy like I Embiid. Know, I, mean, man, I like the muscle, though, John. You know, like oh, that's so he's looking jacked. Yeah. You can yeah, use that to your advantage. You got guys in threes and two, two uh, rising stars, two rising scores. <laughs> and to have the size he did and get up there on that lob like he did. I And this, like, he's part of a guy who's going to build an identity for this team. And we saw it, it start to take shape tonight a little bit. The playmaking, the communication, uh, just all that stuff that they did. And I, I keep going back to the switches with Smart. The way they kept catching Giannis in the lane again and again and again. That's an apt, uh, switchable, and Smart Center, who's able to position a guard to be in a better spot there to take a charge than he would be, where he would probably get blown by. Like, he just did some things defensively tonight that uh, can really change your defense. And he's going to be a mainstay there in that fact. Now, 
he's another guy like Cantor who's going to be chasing offensive rebounds. So this team's transition defense when he's out there isn't going to be as great. But that's why I say you have a great duo. If you need more of that, if you're playing the Toronto Raptors, you're going to go more Tice in that situation. Rob Williams gave you a little bit. Like they, they just have options there. Graham, I, don't know I thought he that. played well. I, I thought Rob looked all right tonight. Some good first half energy. I like the way he looked next to Grant. You, you just have a lot of options. You can fill a ton of minutes out there, and you have size. It, it's 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 options. And those guys, they can start to work through those minutes to get a little bit better, and you have reliable guys at the top of the center rotation. It's a little that's, better. That's what's key. That's the biggest difference between him and Cancer, right? He, he, you can give him minutes. You can He could play 20-plus. One, he won't foul out. And two, he, he, he can blend in, you know? So that's that's huge. Yeah, I thought I thought Go that ahead. he gave them exact like like twelve points, eight rebounds, twenty two minutes. Like if you asked me to predict like his season stats, like it probably would have been something like that, at least in terms of like the points and the rebounds. And I think John even was like, Yeah, he's gonna average ten and ten and like he's gonna give you, you know, whatever. He's I said he's gonna average player. about eight and eight and six. Oh yeah, maybe eight and six. So you didn't uh, you didn't give him you didn't give him ten and ten would be great. Yeah, you didn't give enough guys. Like I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do better than eight and six. I think what he gave you tonight was exactly what you needed. Showed a lot of um, energy out there. Showed some tenacity. I, I'm I'm with Joe Sway on this. I I like him against a guy like Embiid because he kind of gives me like Horford vibes in the sense where he's like the veteran and can kind of knows how to sort of like get under your skin a little bit and he's not gonna like hurt you with his um you know emotions or anything like that. I mean this guy listen. This this guy deals with the Kardashians day in and day out. So I mean, if he can handle <laughs> them, he can handle Joel Embiid and everybody else. So I'm not worried about that. I actually think he's going to be a huge, huge help on this team. We already talked about what he allows them to do um, by going, you know, essentially big, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't say it's super big, but you're putting him at five. You're putting Tice at four. So now, like, you're already giving a completely different look. Than, than what you were able to do last year because if you want to compare him to, to Cantor, well, obviously Brad wasn't ever going to do, you know, Cantor at the yeah. five and Tyson at the four last yeah. year. And, and we already know that he's going to play Thompson, uh, you know, way, way more than he did with Cantor. So um, really happy with what I saw. Uh, but we lost Josue again. He was tired of my, we're going, my, we're going kid, my uh, Thompson. We're going skinny. Uh, well, a couple other nuggets that were kind of – Last thing I got on Tristan, eight or six – 10 or 8, right. it's going to be the energy. It's going to be the defense. It's going to be intangible right. things that raise this exactly. team's level. And Agreed. what's the defining nope. difference between what we saw in the preseason and what we saw tonight? He's out there, whereas he wasn't before. And they even said in practice that also, was a big difference. They, just play, they played with more. They, they clearly were not taking the preseason games remotely seriously in terms of what they were trying to do or their energy yeah. level. They, they, I, I've never seen them – try less hard than they did in the preseason. That, well, that, the Brooklyn that was, game was a disgrace. Philly well, I mean, was think about thing. it like this. Yeah, Philly was sloppy. The Brooklyn game was a disgrace. The Brooklyn game was, I, I don't want to play this right now. I just want to yeah. get it over with. And that that's was the difference that I'm was, talking about. Yeah. A couple other nuggets I thought were interesting. You know, you talked about Milwaukee and their lack of depth. Uh, just looking again at the box score, it's interesting. Giannis and Middleton played almost 38 minutes each. Milwaukee went for it, you know? Um, and uh, let's bring Joe Clay back in here. What up, guys? Hey, there he is. Milwaukee went for oh, it. Four that way? Can we go that way, John? No, no, no. It doesn't do it. Doesn't Damn. do it. This is the best I can okay. do, Jimmy. 
<laughs> it looks better. Okay. It looks better this way. We'll Four skinny would be bad. But Milwaukee took Milwaukee gave it everything they had tonight. They, both those guys played 38 minutes. What did Giannis average last year? Most of the year was like a, he was like a 30, 31 minute guy, right? I mean, they were trying to reduce his minutes so he wasn't getting killed. 38 minutes on opening night, they went for it here. They, they, they this was you know they they went for the win. That's a response to last year, too. The criticism last year into the playoffs. Yeah. They're playing a full rotation. They're shuffling too many guys. In and they didn't do it at all. Tonight. Giannis. And tonight, you lean on him a little more. Like This comes down. They very easily could have won this game if he hits both free throws at the line. The, the issues with his game aren't many. I think they get... Uh, overblown in terms of how many they are, but the issues that do exist in his game are glaring. He's holiday gotta, played 38 too. All of these guys, 38, 37, 37, these guys. Well, it's like, an indictment on on their bench. We talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Top three players. They, they, they went for it huge tonight. Yeah, they got four guys. They got four reliable guys. Brooke can be a fifth on some nights. I don't like anybody off their bench all that much. They lose George Hill, who was a Celtics killer. That was yeah. honestly a tough guy to lose. It is interesting because we're talking about it on the text message beforehand. We're like, what are we? If they win this game by twenty-four, what's the conversation going to be like? Is Milwaukee bad? And obviously, it didn't end up being that way because Giannis is such a force, and they and he willed his way back into the game there, uh, just you know playing dad ball, just friggin' just walking right to the basket and scoring, you know, during that run. But you're right, Milwaukee may be may have some issues because of that. No DJ Augustine for Milwaukee. They got a, okay. They got yeah. That, that's a good that's a good point, Jimmy. Good addition by them. Another yeah. Teague like guy who's going to help their second unit. Uh, but Bogdan Bogdanovich is a guy who was there, was ready to sign with the team, and the NBA just killed them. I mean, they punished them in a way we've never seen before by nullifying the signing, taking a second round pick, and disproportionate. Uh, fine, I thought, for what other teams have done repeatedly in the past, openly, ease in those a little bit. You know, maybe you give them a fine and let that signing go through. It's, I thought it was a shameful thing that they did, and it was no coincidence it was a Milwaukee. Would you do that to an LA? Would you do that to New Mm -hmm. York? (laughs) Especially with the position Giannis was in. I thought that was shameful what the league did there, but I guess you got to get tough if you want to clean it up somehow, and it worked. We had that whole free agent show with no signings for a couple hours, so it worked, yeah. but man, that was tough to see for them. Yeah, we had a set of president. That's what it was. Um, Pretty good for yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about setting a precedent, I think, in a minute, uh, or not in a minute, but we got to talk about the other massive NBA news earlier. Oh, today. you want to do? You want to do that? You want to go to James? I don't know if you guys want to leave the game yet and talk. I think I'm, I was going to say, you want to go? You want to talk about James, or you want to talk about the Nets? For let's see, you want to do James first? We can wrap it up with the Nets. Yeah, I'd like to end it with the Nets because that's kind of like a preview into Christmas. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. So uh, obviously, you have a you know the other huge story uh, was uh, uh, James Harden in the club. Mm, uh, in the club. This was my favorite thing about this story. Okay, so the the story comes out that James Harden, is, James Harden is in a strip club. Okay, and he's and there's video and he's wearing a mask and then everyone goes like all you know is a Pruder film with it. They're talking about the balloons and the decorations and how long his beard is and whether it matches up and was it a recent video or not and blah blah blah. <laughs> and then he basically just comes out. He's like, yeah, I was freaking there and I was there to support my girl and it's not a strip club. Strip club and the media sucks. So basically. Yeah, I was in a club. I right. know I'm not supposed to be there. I know it's a violation of league 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 rules. Don't I definitely wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I de- definitely wasn't wearing a mask. Um, but it wasn't a strip club. So the media and like, uh, yeah, so- they. 
I, you know, this, this is what gets me is like a player does something wrong or says something wrong. And then they blame the media and say that we're twisting it or dragging their name through the like, mud. Like, we're not. That was, that was vindication that that's uh, saying that like, it wasn't a strip club, therefore media. It was like, I'm supporting my, you know, my, my girl or my, my friend who's a woman and I'm supporting her because she's a boss. And like, that's great. Like, and, and, and I'm I get it, but the I'm story isn't strip club. The story is right. out in public right. masculine. So did, did he think that was like a mic dropping moment when he was like, it wasn't a strip club. Right. Like that wasn't, he that's did, not though. important. That's, that's not important. He thinks but it was also, a mic drop moment, but it wasn't. It was that like, part of the story is the least important part of the story. He, it's like, oh, also, media, yeah. you're trying to paint me out to be as this crazy, uh, go lucky strip club goer, or for you know, it's like, well, you put that narrative together. It's not the Sorry. media, it wasn't a strip club, it was a club that you went to with a bunch of strippers, right? But people said <laughs> that because, exactly, there's a bunch <laughs> for an event. And coming from the dude who with was strippers was out in the strip club while his team was playing in the preseason, I mean, what, what do you? The, 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 the memes in the Twitter made that connection. Yeah, it's not a strip yeah. club if you arrive there naked, you know. Yeah, Carl, the thing, like, Carl, it, 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 it's not about where it's not about it being a strip club. It, like, if that's what you want to do, that it's not news that 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 you that James Harden goes to strip clubs. That's not the point. It's like. You're violating like the rules. You're you're being selfish. You're putting your teammates and whoever else in jeopardy because you're only thinking about yourself. You showed up late to practice to camp. You demanded a trade. You're not in it. Like so, just take your ball and go home, man. Because you're only hurting the team. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but this is just kind of broke on Twitter over the last 30 minutes. He's gonna lose his paycheck for every game that he can't play because of he has to quarantine now. And that's why. And they're trying. You know what They're I thought should determine. happen, Jimmy? 20 game suspension. Nail him. You're putting the entire yeah. season at risk here. Nail him in the ass. Bobby I mean, this is the worst thing you could things. do this year. Like, whoa, Bobby. Like they, they whoa, whoa. <laughs> Talk about like, you, again. Are you kidding me? Like the, the entire Rockets are out of commission on the opening night of the season. Now, John had said there's apparently no evidence right. that it stemmed from him. It's coming. No, Houston, he's not the. He's not the, um, he's not the source of the uh, of the yeah, thing. No. I don't think. I mean, but again, not the point. I know. Somewhere on there, it was either other guys going on on the team, so the whole team in general is putting the league at risk here. So, like you said, they're going to lose paychecks for games they miss. They find them fifty thousand, but that seems light to me. He's going to doing it. He before with the COVID test that put him at. risk. Risk here. It feels like he's going to do thing and everything to get out. And it's player empowerment. It's his right. Blah, blah, blah. People are going to be. 3,000 people are dying a day in this. Think about the as well. And you're putting the league at risk now by shutting down, pitching the schedule game one. One of the most shameful run I've ever seen a star on in my Like, this is just. Bobby's mic cutting in and out for anybody? No, I thought yeah. it was me. I was afraid. Yeah. I was Bobby, your mic's a mess right now. So you were in oh, and out the whole time. I didn't know if it was on my end. Yo, I'm Dude, I, te- I, thought, text- I thought it was me. Yeah. I texted you guys like 30 minutes ago. I'm like, my audio is shit right now. I don't know if it's just me because. Oh, no, yeah. It's not that, but then it got better right after you sent that text. You're okay. But Bobby, you're all broken up right now. Um, Let so- me say this. Yeah. Just about Harden. 
and what kind of going off what Bobby said and how people are going to say it's too harsh, this and the other thing. Listen, he's getting, I think we just saw the numbers are roughly $250,000 a game based on his contract. You want to give me $250,000 a game? I'll sit in a corner by myself. I won't talk or see a soul <laughs> for the entire year if I'm getting $250,000 a game. So, yeah, it might seem like, oh, it's harsh that he can't go and support this person or go out in public and do this. Then, then you know what? Then don't play. No, yeah. no one's making you play. Four-figure paycheck. I mean, apparently that's going to happen anyways now because you can't follow the rules. But, I mean, it, that's, that's essentially, to me, what it comes down to is, like, you're putting yourself before the team – before you know the organization before yeah. i mean god forbid god forbid you do get sick and you do spread it to your teammates and now their families are getting involved like dude when you when you show up to camp you got to follow the rules like you you you're you're following the yeah, nba's protocol i'm not protocol. gonna lie i'm a you know i'm i i'm i get bored by stories like this like i i think it's just it's it's freaking so ridiculous it's, it's so bored. selfish it's, my, it's so selfish mind blowing also, it's just such an F you to everybody, to your entire team, to everybody. Like, you know that's going to circulate. It's not like you went out. Like, it's not one of these, like, you know, I went to a party and somebody whipped out a right. cell phone. It was like in a, somebody's basement and I got, you're in a freaking club. Like, you're going to get that. You're It's going to, it's getting out. So you're basically just saying, like, I don't care. Right. It is what it is. You know, I, but. but right. But think about this though. I mean, this is this is game one, and we already had a cancellation. We we didn't. I, and I said this before. It's like we're, nobody's talking about this enough. The fact that the NBA is essentially taking MLB's approach or or the NFL's approach now. And if you if you think about the NFL, they had they had a ton of cases, and right, and they and as they play once a week, able to sort of work their way around it, and the and a Goodell can sort of finagle whatever the hell he wants to do. The NBA, you don't have that luxury. You really don't. You're going to have to cancel a lot of games here if players aren't buying into the process. And I'm wondering yeah. if, if at some point the NBA is going to, you know, PR and everyone's going to get the vaccine for the NBA uh, so that they can, they're going to somehow avoid, avoid this. Yeah, that's just bad op bad optics when you cut the line like that. So I don't know. It is, I mean but I already saw the spin. The spin zone was, and you guys probably saw it, the spin zone was. Well, if the players get it, it sort of sets an example and shows everybody that this is a, this is a good vaccine. Like we're getting it. See, we're getting the vaccine. It works. You shouldn't be scared to take it. You should want to yeah. take it. Yeah, that was, that was that's like how they're gonna spin it. I think. Well, no, what I, what I want to say real quick about James Harden is that I just think Harden is the kind of guy who's just oblivious about that kind of thing. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is a guy who do you guys remember when he wore the Blue Lives Matter thing? He didn't even know what that represented. Like he really is that oblivious, right? I mean, I don't think he's necessarily like going going through the protocols and thinking, oh, I'm I'm breaking I'm breaking rules over here. I'm going to this not an excuse. I'm gonna go support my girl real quick because she's a beast and because you know Houston needs to figure out what they need to do with me. Like here's the thing. Look, you need to train me sooner you need to do this make this happen think about it think about it in terms though like that's been the nba man with superstars i know but if you're smart if you're not even forget smart is savvy enough to recognize that i'm trying to convince a franchise to give up a potential cornerstone piece to trade for me because i'm so awesome at basketball you know and 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 teams are reluctant to do that right now and you desperately want out of houston like does this help your trade value? Like, sure, it may make Houston want to just strike any deal and get you out of there a little bit faster. But if I'm another team now, this is another reason why, like, I don't want this freaking moron around here. Like, I, it's this can't help your brand if you're trying to get out the door. Um, it definitely doesn't help if you're trying to team. Imagine them up. if you were on the fence about if the hard right now. 
Yeah. You'd be like, uh, no. The, like, con the concern started when he forced the Westbrook trade, one of the worst trades we've seen of all time. And since then, we've seen him out of shape, uh, pulling this, and just a variety of other things you don't want your no, star to be Paul doing. No, the trade was the bad trade. Then he made a worse trade for Wall. And plus, remember, guys, this is a little different nowadays, right? Because Getting when you Paul traded out for Westbrook was bad, then Westbrook out for Wall. He keeps downgrading, and then he's mad about the situation. He's forcing the situation. But also remember, this is a new situation where you have to spend a lot more time with your teammates than you're accustomed to on the road. Like you have to lock in, and you have to be isolated and be safe and all that stuff. Like people yeah. may be saying, "I don't know if I want to kick it with James Harden like that. I don't know if I can survive with him off the court. I never mind on the court where he's going to demand the ball so much in his." style of play may not be exactly what I'm excited about. Yeah. That's that that's a good point, Josue. I, I randomly I, so I listened to the Rondo the Rondo podcast today, which was awesome. Um if you're a Celtics fan or NBA fan, I think it's it was the uh the Up and Smoke podcast. And uh oh. it was a great podcast. Not to get off topic, but he mentioned no, how topic. like this he mentioned this season's like already kind of weird because like the players are like they have to all have to have their masks on like in the locker room and then they and I think they're all they can only really socialize in pods like off the court so I don't even know I don't know what that means but if, if that means that like four players are only allowed to hang out you know what I mean in case like sort right. of to limit the spread if, if there were to be breakouts so who knows right. who knows what pod Harden's even in or if he's even in one I mean it, it probably is a smart I'm sure he's got his own pod at this point yeah That's yeah he's got his own pod he's yeah. separate room you know yeah. All right, let's uh, right. let's transition back to the Celtics. Let's go back to the Celtics. We're going to talk about the Christmas matchup. I'm going to hear from Jalen Brown here. Uh, definitely the Celtics' best player tonight. I think here he is talking about uh, Jason Tatum and his game. It's a little bit more weird um, just because it's the Garden. Like, I mean, the Garden is like one of the loudest places to play in, I mean, in the NBA. So it definitely is an adjustment that we got to get used to. Um, but a hell of a shot. From JT, all the Celtics fans were, were going crazy. Um, so we appreciate you guys. Keep sending your, your energy. You know, even though you're not in the building, we still might feel it. So, yeah, hell of a shot. You know, big time shot. Them type of shots that we uh, trust JT with, that he looks forward to. You know, I don't know if he called glass, but um, I'll take it. <laughs> Everyone's giving him a hard time on that. I like that. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, game. That's the thing. It's like, Usually you hit a shot off the off the bank like that, and you kind of like give him right, one of these, right. like. But he went into full, like you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, but it, it revved up though. It revved up. It was like that was, that was he went that into was, yeah. You know, yeah, I made that. He started revving up. How he drew it up. He did. He revved it up. He's like, oh, and Giannis is like, come on. And then know? his teammates are pushing him, and you know, making him. You almost feel like the refs. You almost feel like the refs called the kind of the foul late because Tatum's shot didn't deserve to go in. It was like they were making up. Yeah, it was a makeup call for that garbage shot fall. I'm not going to be too hard on that shot. The situation we haven't had a guy who in Boston could hit that shot since going back to Paul Pierce. I know, but he didn't thing. really hit the shot. It, it was a brick, and it went in. I mean, it, he right. missed well, the that's, shot. That's better than what you by two feet. That's better than what you had in the Isaiah. Right, you just wouldn't get that shot to go in in general. So I know, but I mean. That's what I said to start the show. Is like you take yeah, the I mean, ball going in the net. Yeah, yeah he didn't hit the shot. Still, it's I, still hilarious that it went in. It's still hilarious how he reacted. Like, like yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, of course that was going in. I like, I like you know, be honest. I love that. I like how you guys talk about uh, the fact Brad Brad went for it. You know, that's a that's actually a really good point because most of the time he was 
he would settle for overtime because he believed in his guys to keep fighting. You know, it, barring any foul trouble, but with Giannis in foul trouble. I don't know that that was the call. The call was give the ball to Jason and let him create. He just – he likes to default to that step back. I hate that yeah, shot. I feel I like he had the step back shot. in his mind the whole you, time. Though. You had to do I, it against Giannis. Giannis was on him. The defensive player of the year. hate that shot. Yeah, no, it's a I, low percentage know, shot, obviously. I'd yeah. rather call a play for that with a couple of different options than just give it to Tatum and make him and, and have him shoot a 30 footer with the six eleven defensive player of the year with a seven foot eight wingspan when on him. You know, when like, there's two seconds left in the game, you're not running a short roll dump dish to the corner. You're just getting the best shot you can in isolation. And that's what they did there. He had more than two seconds when he got the ball in his hands. <laughs> Yo, for real. Uh, I want to say something before <laughs> Yeah. We get into the nets. I want to. Uh, I want to bring something up that Bobby had mentioned. He's kind of mentioned a few times over the last couple of weeks. Couple of weeks is Brad Stevens' like demeanor, kind of. I guess you could call it. Um, not just the way he talks about like Neesmith, for example, which we all kind of felt that he was being like overly critical of. But is Brad? Are are we getting? And Bobby, you're. I know you're. you're Mad in, Brad. Yeah, that was where I'm going with. It. Are we getting? And I joked about Belichickian, but like. Are we kind of getting a different Brad this year? And maybe has, did Brad over the offseason after what kind of transpired in the playoffs of players kind of going at each other and this kind of like a pattern of players sort of going at each other in the locker room, is Brad almost taking a look at himself and saying, you know, I need to be tougher or I'm a bad guy so that so that the players aren't each other's bad guys. Is, is he maybe uh, becoming more it's of an NBA point. coach um, as opposed to a college coach? I think so. That's actually a good observation, uh, Jimmy. I, I think um, Jimmy, you made a good observation. Money <laughs> best we, ever. If, well done. If Jelso's well done. watching, just like record that one for like the oh, he's gonna, books because I actually he, maybe said something that makes somewhat amount of sense. Yeah, that yeah. one counts. That one counts for sure. But I mean, that was I'm, a question for all you guys. But I know Bobby was kind of keen on it um, early on. Um, well, I don't yeah. think that's. I, I don't think the Evan Tyner, uh, Evan Tyner, Evan Turner uh, hiring. I don't think that was out of the blue. I think there's a lot of significance to that. Uh, I think Brad Stevens found out a lot about his team throughout the bowl. And I think some of it was uh, what happened at the game, too. He's like, man, these guys need to find a way to figure it out. And I don't know if I can be a part of that. From afar, I can be, to Jimmy's point, you know, I can be harder on them. You know, it's been a few years. I'm not dealing with a lot. You know, most of these players that I've been spent, I've spent two plus years with. And I think Evan Turner was sort of that guy that obviously has been there. He's actually played with some of these guys. Uh, knows the system, and I think it was a perfect match. I think that's going to allow Brad to be a bit harsh, a bit more hard on his team, especially on his on, on the core guys. And I think Evan Turner can, uh, you know, in that locker room, be a voice of reasoning and, and, and someone that they could turn to, uh, you know, for advice, especially the younger guys and the rookies. And don't forget, guys, Kimball Walker's still there. Like, I, I think that's something that could be overstated or overlooked, I should say, is uh, his influence. I think this is a, it's a significant influence in that locker room. And even though he's not playing, I think he's in these guys' ears, especially – Jalen, especially Tatum, you know, especially Marcus, those three, those are the most important. Yeah. Uh, Settle settle adjustments, shot selection, looking back on Marcus Smart's role, pressing roles on all of these guys. A lot of big statements in camp. Marcus did that as if Bobby, as you were saying, if Marcus did what he did tonight and change. And, and and actually didn't shoot a ton, not because Holiday was on him and it was a tough assignment, but because Brad said, I need you to be this um, this year more so than anything else. 
and let everything else flow through these guys. Chip in where you can. There'll be nights where you get your shots, but I don't want you going out there thinking you got to be a hero. And if Marcus took that to heart, that would be great because Brad hasn't done that in three years. And that's what we've talked about is this idea of everybody gets – you know, it's like youth league basketball. Everyone gets shots. Everyone gets to play. You know, I want you to be confident, feel good about yourself, and not and defining that can still be valid. He he doesn't. It's what doing that superstar team with Kyrie um, and Marcus and all of that that year, a couple of years ago, um, and it's what sometimes kind of hurts them in late game situations where you know you're not necessarily running the ball through the hands of the people who you want to have. That's why I say time. subtle adjustments. Some yeah. people in our audience and his biggest critics want to see 180s from him or see him gone and just all this drastic stuff. I mean, he, since Hayward left, he's become the biggest target alongside Semi Ojale. I think a lot of his tendencies, I think a lot of his ideologies hold fit and are big reasons that the Celtics have won and the players have advanced. Now, some of his issues as a coach that we've talked about have limited them in the big moments. So I think fine-tuning uh, what you talk about in terms of open opportunity, a ton of players got opportunity tonight. Pretty widespread experimental play. All those grad tendencies held. But with those subtle adjustments, uh, tightening up a little bit, pressing roles on guys, really emphasizing that players shouldn't be trying to do too much, but still saying, you know, shoot the open three, Daniel Tice, on kickouts. Like he's not doing a 180 on his approach. He's just making subtle adjustments that could be key in the end. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move yeah, on to the you Nets. Guys, you guys are kind of – Okay. I was just going to say, we're going to wrap it up by saying, you know, we, we talk about, or John, I mean, John, you, you said mad Brad and like that kind of where I was alluding to, but like, I think Brad, maybe one of Brad's goal is to not be known as mad Brad. Maybe he just becomes Brad because, and that just becomes part of his new coaching like identity. Because when you think of some of the best coaches in the NBA, I mean, they all have mean streaks, but they're all, I mean, they're all still good no. guys and like they're, they're all yeah. personable, but like their players, their players, you know, they'll shape up when, when they raise their voice or when they tell them what to do or when they get criticized. I mean, you can go down the line, Popovich, um, you know, Carlisle. I mean, even Doc Rivers, known as a player's coach, but he gets mad at his guys. Are you kidding me? He's screaming at his guys. You don't want to Think be of like any a, boss you, any boss you've ever had in your life. The ones you usually like and respect the most are the ones who are tough, but will also, you know, respect right. you and work with you. It's not all one or the other. You can't just be a hard ass and you can't just be a super nice guy. There's a, there's definitely a balance. Brad is one of those like supportive, you know, leader of men, yeah. you know, and, and whatever. But you're Great right. Guy. A little bit a little bit of like holy shit, we pissed him off is a good thing to have every once in a while. Yeah. Agree completely. Huh. And I and I don't know, and just for an example of somebody on the opposite spectrum, it seemed like Brett Brown was like the nicest guy in the world and I wonder if he was too nice for the Sixers and that's kind of why things sort of imploded there. And unfortunately he didn't, he didn't, you know, stick around, but maybe if a guy like Brett Brown had a meaner streak, maybe some of those younger players fall in line a little bit. And uh, maybe Brad, maybe Brad's sort of sensing the same uh, with, right. with his locker room, but we'll move on. Let's jump ahead. Let's jump ahead quickly. I want to quickly preview the Nets. Um, what we saw a few nights ago in that exhibition game was terrifying. And if it's anything close to that, <laughs> Not only that, but what you saw from the Nets absolutely demolishing Golden State. And that thing, this thing, this wasn't even close to this close a game. This was like a 70-point game in actuality. This was yeah. goal, this game was over in like four minutes. Uh, and it was ridiculous. Uh, and they just how good Durant looks, how good Kyrie looked, how deep they look. Oh my God. And Harris and Levert and this and that. I mean, they've got this team. 
we went from I wonder if they'll be competing for a four or a five seed because it'll take a while to put it <laughs> together and Durant's not going to be right. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. Kyrie's going to blow up and, 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 and spray incense all over everybody and get in their <laughs> eyes, won't be able to shoot straight, you know. Yeah. Is that that shot? He's going to implode. Or- hey, yeah. I, had them, I had them as the two. You can't mistake the talent. I don't think you can. We'll run that back. But in a year where depth is going to be crucial, they have more depth than anyone. It's ridiculous that Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, so, and the top end talent. They are so deep. That team is loaded. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know what to expect because what we've seen, the last two things scare the crap out of you, which is what having played them and looking like you didn't belong on the floor with this team, like they were playing a different brand of basketball and in an effortless way, it almost felt like they were, they felt bad to beat you that badly. Like they were, (laughs) it was like, sorry guys, we came to your court. It's an exhibition game. I didn't mean to embarrass you like that. It was ridiculous. Then you watch them just beat the snot out of golden state. So I don't know. I mean, do we have any reason to believe that? I mean, again, it had us feeling bad about the Celtics to the point that you thought, these first two games are going to be really, really ugly. This is a tough way to start the season for the for the Celtics, both banged up and not ready to clearly not like mentally ready to play basketball. Then they come out and they play like this against Milwaukee. Any chance this is a, a much more competitive game than what we might have thought twenty four hours ago? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, come from behind, or you know, get out of a seventeen point hole. Maybe something to that effect. If the Celtics. Uh, hopefully they don't get it that far, but I, I don't see the Celtics in a game where they're actually like comfortably ahead, you know, for a significant amount of time throughout this one. I, I just think it's the, it's going to be one of those games, and I think the this win against the Milwaukee Bucks will go a long way. And also in, in terms of how they're going to de, uh, defend Durant, I think that's a completely different score compared to Giannis, and I'm sure you guys would all agree. So I think it's a great challenge, but also for we forget Tristan Thompson didn't play. You know, I don't know if that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna, that's a, that's the difference that the Celtics gonna need to to win this one, but I think we'll get a good sense of how they're able to defend a team like this because they can also defend. I think that's what makes Brooklyn so tough. Sure, Karis LeVert could drop twenty and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and, and and Joe Harris can get going from deep, but on the other end, I mean they have young uh, a young shocker, you know, who's who's I think is legit. Jared Allen, uh, I think uh, Terry on. Prince is someone that can really defend uh, the corners, and it's, it's just a tough team because they're 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 deep on both ends. But Jeff T, you know how how is he going to uh, unfold here? Like obviously, do we expect this guy to drop nineteen a night? I know you guys talked about him being the third leading scorer, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics come up with points. You know, with Shemi. I'm also interested to see when. I think we had a lot of like we had a lot of like these fantasies heading into the exhibition game. What are what are, what are they going to do for Kyrie or have in store for him? And then it turned into this frigging you know kumbaya love fest. Love for like fest. A, that's the thing I hated about it. I think they need to show and I hate it. some I, attitude. I hate that. Yeah. So I really don't fall for that stuff. Right. Like. Right. I I don't want to see. I don't want to see a hint of that when the game is real, okay? I don't shake hands, don't hug, don't nothing, yeah. okay? And, nothing. and I want I want to see Kyrie miserable all night long, okay? Not because you hate the guy, but you don't want a guy coming in feeling comfortable. Like he's like he's whether you hate him or not hate him. I'm saying you just <laughs> they're the enemy. They're 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 now in right. your way, okay? Yeah. What surprised me most was Jalen, man. He was so happy to see this guy. I'm like. Man, see, I, I don't ago. think 
I don't think that stuff's going to matter all that much. Like if if it got divisive off the court, I don't think that's going to stop Brooklyn from running their baseline pick and rolls with Kevin no, but Durant. You want to so let's just take it personal. Like if you want to kill You don't have guys. good fans. You got to get right. You need something to get you friggin' hungry for this game and not to go out there and like, oh, it's fun to play with these guys. We all go to all star games together. Like, get friggin' take it to this guy. Okay. Right, right. You know, get, I want to see some snarl out of the team. It's hard to play that way when you're all buddy buddy beforehand. I, I, th- I, I think Tatum it. and Brown usually ramp themselves up pretty A well. A lot of the league is like that now. I just, I hate it. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the, their level of intensity yes, and desire to win a game like this. I, I'm worried about yes. Brooklyn's spot up shooting, their movement, their ball handlers. Like they just have so much offensively, you can't account for it. If you go back and watch that Warriors game, and I think that dominance there is a little bit overrated. That game said more about the Warriors to me, who I think are a pretty dreadful team. I mean, they came last in the entire NBA last year and are pretty much running it back with Curry, which isn't a great combination. But the Nets, their weapons are limitless. The only thing I can think of the Celtics could possibly do here is take advantage of Dinwiddie at that three spot a little bit. They're playing small along the wings. Celtics got some size there. They play bigger than ever tonight. Probably boards, and switches are two places where you could get their defense a little bit. And Durant has shown to be a little bit exposable early on on the defensive side of the ball. So the Celtics can do some things to maybe try to stay in this for the offensive end. Defensively, I just like, no one has the personnel in the league to stop this team defensively. And I think they're geared up for a Warriors-level start here, 20-0, and 24-0, and something like that to that stretch because they That's can gonna just be hard after they go one and one Bobby <laughs> they can they can, they can just score whatever they need to they have limitless options their second units as good as anyone's in basketball like all right calling it now wake up call for the Nets on on Christmas I, I don't see it okay the so, rants rolling. so I have a few points and things I want to say so make all of them have your first, first thing I want to say is John I just noticed your Christmas tree up behind you. I'm glad that you got it. I was going to say thank week. you. Last week, you didn't have it up yet, and I was a little concerned. Uh, I didn't know if you were, were going to run out of time, but it's good to see. I don't see any gifts under it. I think it was leaning Mr. against the wall. <laughs> yeah. It was. The gifts come tomorrow. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say, you. talking about the Nets, depth. I was looking at those like preseason predictions on I forget where it was or who said it, but the award prediction was six of the year. And one one, you know, expert, quote unquote, said Lavert. And another expert said Dinwiddie. And that just to me was like, Oh my god, the Nets are so deep. Like two separate experts think that two of these bench I think they have the MVP this year too. Who Durant is there and and Kyrie Irving, I, I tweeted this this morning or today after watching some some of last night. I didn't watch the whole game, but man, you kind of forget how good Kyrie Irving is and how fun he is to watch and like how how just like talented he is with the ball because of all the bullshit that we've gone through with him off the court and what and, and him not even really playing over the last few years. I mean, when this guy's head is in the game and he's happy and he's comfortable and whatever he needs to be doing, whether it's the, you know, whatever it is pregame that he needs to be doing. I mean, this guy's one of the best in the league. So if, if, if that's the player, if the player you saw last night is the player the Nets are going to get, 
then yeah, the, I mean, that team is the team to beat. I mean, they're better than the Bucks. Uh, in my opinion, you you know they're better than the again better than the Celtics. So yeah, it's not just it's not just the high. I mean, they're they're better almost in every way. They 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 have probably it's you would say comparable if not better high end talent with their top two versus the Bucks top two for sure. And then oh my God, the rest of that Definitely. lineup and the depth is is, is so the 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 That's lynch the wild card here. The wild card was, I, I we talked about it beforehand, in the history of Achilles tears, the number of people who have come back to be the same player or better in the history of the NBA is zero. And Durant is 32 years old, and he came back, and he I don't know from an explosive athletic standpoint if it's there, but he's, a, he's so smooth off the dribble and the catch and shoot and getting that shot off, even if he did lose half a step of athleticism, he's still almost impossible to guard. You know, he's not like a high flyer. So it's hard to right. see um, what, whether it happened or didn't happen. I don't know. I mean, whether the athleticism has taken a hit, but he looks like the same guy, it's which is amazing. That's it's amazing. Song. That pull up, like yeah. for a seven footer, it's so hard to defend. It's unbelievable. He can stop I love it. a dime and pull up on you, like where, wherever he feels like it. I think that's what makes him so tough to defend because whether it's behind the arc or anywhere in between, he can stop and shoot it right in your face and it's nothing. And that's the part where I'm like, okay, he's back. That, that's, that's Durant. Yeah, like, but that's, that's what's amazing is that's the reason I thought the two reasons why is the two guys not figuring out how to play together. Kyrie possibly having to carry Durant early as he works his way back from that injury and, and Durant not really being the same guy and it being kind of weird and awkward for a little while. I thought that was possible and it'd be like, OK, this is the big elephant in the room, but KD is not KD anymore and it's not the case. And if he is actually KD, right. it's a friggin' deadly team. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's and it's it is legit terrifying. You you spent a couple of years thinking like, oh, Milwaukee, beast of the East, you know, with with Giannis there, and all of a sudden you're looking around. And I'm not going to shit all over Milwaukee for losing this one game, you know, to the Celtics here. But based on how they went out like chumps in the playoffs last year, even with Giannis a little bit hurt, and now two straight years getting knocked out of the playoffs despite having the best record of the NBA, and uh, and teams rising up. Uh, in the East around them, you're now looking at Brooklyn and then Miami as potentially the two greatest threats, um, you know, to, to your path to a, to, to a championship uh, instead of Milwaukee and Brooklyn might've just jumped right to the head of the pack in one game, yeah. you know, <laughs> one, one game into the season and you can completely redo the entire power rankings be like no they're number one they're the team that vegas already vegas after one game <laughs> put them in the finals just like that and it wasn't they were that far down they were yeah, three or well, four but they're in the they're the they're the, the odds on favorite after a single game to, to go to the finals <laughs> crazy and that's yeah the, well they didn't get the warriors yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other side i just feel yeah. like when it comes to the brooklyn nets I'm also afraid. yo i'm gonna i'm what? I'm going to leave and come back because I think I'm on a huge delay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think you are. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, what I was going to say was I think what uh, what stands out most about the Brooklyn Nets is obviously they have the power to, to win as many games more than any team in the Eastern Conference, right? But the way the Eastern Conference has, has, got, has improved so much, all these teams have improved, right? Most of them, minus the Celtics. For the most part, they've improved on the in, during the offseason. But because – the, it's so top heavy. Would you be shocked if a team like the Miami Heat knocked them off? Like I feel like, in terms of uh, the Bucks and you know 
the the Heat. Yeah, the Bucks don't have that depth, so I'm gonna sort of give the Heat. No, the Heat are right there too. Right, I mean, I'm that's what I mean. The heat the the because now it's like, okay, these guys have confidence at an all-time high. They went into last season, they still managed to to pull out a, a record to, to to grab the fifth seed, and that was enough for them to go all the way to the to the NBA Finals. So now you're motivated. You have another year under your belt. You have uh, a Tyler Hero, who you know confidence way. However, you guys feel about Tyler Hero. What makes Tyler Hero Tyler Hero is the fact that he's not the third option or whatever. He's coming off the bench and he's able to do what he has to do. I think that's scary for a team like the Celtics or a team like the Nets. That sort of depth where you have two-way players that can get it done on both ends. I just don't realistically think this is the team we're going to see at the end of the for the Celtics, right? I don't realistically think this is going to be the exact same team. And not even just about Kemba. I just think somehow they're going to address that TPE. So it's so hard to, to sort of gauge where the Celtics will be at the end of the road. But at least now for the next two months, the Celtics, after grabbing a win like the Bucks, I think I think it's significant because your, your chances are you're going to drop your, that, that game against the Nets on Christmas Day. And you we have are, we a, had, a handful of tough teams coming up also. But we had a weird – We'll have to figure we, this thing out, you know, one game at a time. We had a weird reversal where people close to the team like us, and I think other people who cover the team even saw that preseason, heard the training camp, and they took a step back on this team and said, this this beginning stretch at least could be rough here. What a victory lap this is for Celtics homers tonight, huh? Well, not only that, I think I was surprised to actually see national people having a – better view with this team than people like us or people close to the team did. I, I still saw people ranking the Celtics second, third, holding that belief in them. Yeah, and then, Bart, they, what, did they, what did they outplay the Bucks tonight? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't, I mean. Well, they showed that they can stand with a team like that and they can make the adjustments and they made the moves at the very least to give themselves depth, if not the top heaviness of last year. I don't think anyone's touching the Nets in the East, no matter what happens, if they're healthy. I mean, the, the level of coaching which we saw in that Warriors game, some of the stuff that they were doing was just beautiful. Not even using Irving and Durant on some of the plays there. Their GM's great. They have the richest owner in the league. Like They are just a cut above everybody. And I think that's going to play out throughout this year. And I didn't feel too bad about Boston getting blown off the court by them because I think, as we saw with the Warriors and as we'll see going forward, a ton of teams are going to have that happen to them. So we have to seriously ask the question, not just for the Celtics, but I'm throwing the Heat in there. I'm throwing the Sixers, whoever thinks, Lakers even, who I think took a tiny step back from what I saw last night. The Lakers are better than last year. I disagree. I think those center additions were so overrated from last night. The Nets, I think, are cut above everybody else in the league. And I think they could have that dominant Warriors kind of season. Okay. I think so we didn't, so you didn't see Dennis Schroeder? They, they picked so him. He was okay. Harrell? They got much worse at center, though. Uh, Harrell is a bad, bad player. Overrated. I mean, I, he just got crushed inside every time he was on the court. My God, are we overreacting to one game? The, the Nets are the best team that's ever. Harrow was a big part Lakers. of Clippers' demise last year, and again, this Gasol edition. Holy Five wow! And Davis and, and LeBron James, jeez Louise. All right, I'll say this: we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I think some of the ancillary pieces <laughs> that they've added around there are a little overrated. And Javale McGee comes out for Cleveland tonight and scores double figures. Dwight, oh, you know what? Can I do one more thing. Gordon Hayward. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not ready for Gordon Hayward. Go ahead. Gasol, obviously overrated. Bad, bad, I think just bad player at this point based on what we saw in the playoffs. The Lakers are still going to be the Lakers. The Nets don't have to worry about the Lakers until the NBA Finals, which to me, right now, after one game overreacting everything, it will be Nets-Lakers. But that's the problem with 
overreacting to things. It's, it's only one game. I think the Nets, if anyone beats the Nets, it's going to be the Nets. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's great. You know, everything's honky-dory right now. But we know Kyrie. We know, you know. The, you got 71 more games of Kyrie. Exactly. I mean, anything could happen. Roller coaster coming. I, I do want to touch back. want to go back to the Celtics and the Nets for a second. I don't know if you guys gave your predictions. I, I bombed out for a second. I just want to say this. I'm. I said they win. Celtics win. I want to say that it's, it so. sucks that a lot of us won't be with our families this year and our extended families. For me, it's probably good that like my little cousins aren't going to be coming to visit and my aunts and uncles because some hurtful things will probably be yelled at the TV. Some <laughs> angry, angry words. I don't think it's going to be based on what I've seen so far. I don't think it's going to be a great Christmas for Celtics fans. Um, but hopefully they can prove me wrong and. And listen, the way they played against the Bucks gives me some some thoughts that it's at least going to be competitive, unlike that yeah. preseason game. But I still think the Nets are your favorite going into that game. But yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'm with you, John. If I see a single hug, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know throw something at the TV. And Danny Ainge, you can spare me the the going down to the court and. and no, I want none of it. Don't you can't even say I'm a hater for saying that because man. You would have thought he ran into Kevin Garnett or somebody like that. That's the sort that's, of thing. That's like, the last thing I'm worried about. Here, talking about with Paul. Like, yeah. yo, this guy. Uh, so, I hate it. But let, let, like and Jimmy, like Nick Young. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing Zoom presence with my nieces and nephews and, and my kids at halftime. So so they won't hear me swearing at the TV. <laughs> okay. I told them halftime. I, I was like, you guys got 15 minutes to open your freaking presents. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's get this going. I'm going to be okay? Dad, Daddy's tense, okay? Daddy's a little tense right five now. Five o'clock goes around. I mean, I'm I'm three sheets to the wind. I don't know how this post-game show is going to go uh, Wednesday, but listen, depending on how this game goes, is going to determine my level of intox- intoxication, I guess. <laughs> He's already messed well, up. Well, it started early because the game's on Friday. Yeah, right. you're right. So, guys, let's wrap it up. We've had a lot of people in the chat here. Uh, things are getting ugly. Um, we're going to let them go. They might hey, keep hey, arguing hey, with each other. Shout, uh, shout out to Rozier. Someone said Rozier dropping 42. 42 for Rozier. I do want to end with that. The last thing I'll say, Gordon Hayward, congratulations. These are your Charlotte Hornets. 28 points. You're the man, buddy. 28 <laughs> maybe points. Not. Cavs. You know what Rozier is thinking. You know what you know what you're thinking. And he didn't even get to. He was the leading scorer for most of the game. And then friggin' Terry was like, nah, I'm gonna shoot. 42 points for Terry. Gordon again, <laughs> second fiddle now. Second fiddle, 28 points, second fiddle to Terry Rozier. Again, again, you're lost, not pulling this shit again. No, no. Lamelo well, ball was bad too. You do that shit in No, not here. No. <laughs> to the Cleveland Cavaliers, welcome to the 11th, 12th spot in the Eastern Conference, Gordon. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, that's it. Merry Christmas to <laughs> to Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody. Next yes. time we'll see you. Be Jimmy will be drunk. Uh, we'll all have exchanged some presents. Yep. Um, I'll have I'll have I'll have probably. Ripped through about three pounds of uh, rib roast. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we'll, Celtics will be two and zero, and the Nets one and one. And we're gonna have to do all of our season-ending predictions all over again. And, so we'll see what happens and after Marcus that. Marcus Smart. We're gonna be talking about Marcus Smart possibly being suspended for going at Kyrie Irving. It's gonna be a wild Christmas day. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Please. So very quickly, I want to do uh, Legends, Joe Sway, 
Once again, legends.com, legends brand. He's wearing the, what's it called again? Hawthorne hoodie. <laughs> Hawthorne hoodie. Pretty much means this thing right there. Okay. Very cool stuff. Legendsbrand.com slash Horford. Use the code Horford 20, 20% off your next purchase. Might be too late for Christmas, but it doesn't mean you can't sneak in that present and say, oh, I got yeah. it for you before Christmas. It just got here late. Those people so you can see days after Christmas. Yeah, give it to one of those guys. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, we didn't even get a chance to see you. I, I didn't have a chance to drop off your gift, which has been mm -hmm. here the whole time. Um, so I'll bring it later. So you can still order it and you'll get it. And they're pretty cool hoodies. Joe Sway has all of them, but he Best likes them. Best year for that excuse. White and red are my Best year. Best year. Uh, and that's it for the Garden Report. Uh, uh, Joe Sway will be at the game Christmas uh, Day, so he'll be reporting what? from the Garden. Yeah. What? So we're going to oh, unleash him. This is official? That's yeah. unbelievable. It's official, though? I don't know. Well, he should be there. Um, <laughs> that's sweet. Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano, we'll have a rotation. Uh, at least one of us will be down there uh, live uh, doing the show from down there uh, throughout the year. One, maybe two of us. So we'll see how that's going to look. We're still figuring out the media restrictions, COVID restrictions. Everyone's up on the ninth floor. I don't know if we can get down to the court. There's no locker room access. But, hey, you're at the Garden, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, it's a one step closer to normalcy because obviously we haven't been able to go there since everything. We'll see went if to, the right? Rockets can prevent it, they might. Yeah, since everything went to oh, shit yeah. there, so we're gonna wrap it up. Wait. We will be live again Christmas Day. What's up, Jimmy? You gotta tell everybody how to find us. Subscribe, smash that. Oh button, yeah. Button. Um, CLNS Media on YouTube. Celtics CLNS on YouTube. Celtics All Access. Okay. Why don't, Actually, this why don't was our best. This was our best time uh, ever on the Celtics All Access channel in terms of live viewers. Um, that channel's really starting to build up. We had a ton of people watching on that. Subscribe to either our main channel or our, or our Celtics channel um, where you're going to get pinged every time we go live, but you're going to get access to all the videos, all the press conferences, which we'll have up a little bit later tonight as well, um, and a whole slew of podcasts. We just added another, a Sherrod Blakely. Oh, I love that show. Welcome to the team. What up, Sherrod? The A-List podcast. That's awesome. Him and Max were outstanding. That's a good listen. Him and Max were awesome. Sherrod was a guest on the Cedric Maxwell podcast. We have Celtics Beat as well. Joe Sway with Causeway Street. Uh, Bobby Manning with Dome Theory. We've got Goodman and Ryan. They're dropping another episode tomorrow with their observations on tonight's Celtics game. So that's going to be here live on our channels. Uh, nonstop stuff. Tons of basketball content. Tons of Celtics content as the season gets started. Right. So subscribe and uh, just you know bask in all the goodness. Uh, so again, Joe Sway, Jimmy, Bobby Manning, CLNS Media, and Celtics Blog, John Zanis. We will see you guys on Christmas.